0: snack
1: meal on us it comes with our famous fingers Zack sauce crinkle fries texas toast and wait for it a drink woo saucy zaxby's it's 2 p.m in memphis giannato and jeffrey time get off the fence live on memphis's sports station 92.9 fm espn Jeff, mother, Jeff.
2: Welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee, my name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn Over in the main studios, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist to the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGiannotto, Mark. Good day
3: sir. So when do we think the John Morant story will subside? Like it felt like today we entered day 2 of and I I shouldn't say it's not going to subside here necessarily. You know, it's a, it's a relevant story. But
2: when all you're the asking time. when is it going like, to stop being in the A block of a every first take
3: yeah. and undisputed and and all that. Um is it tonight after tonight? Because we're going to get basketball again tonight. The conversation will turn to, isn't it Lakers-Nuggets tonight, right? Game one of the Western Conference indeed. Finals. Is that is that the, uh, the push? Because it was well-placed in the sense that it happened. Then game seven with the Celtics wasn't like a thrilling Celtics win. And there's been kind of a two-day vacuum that it seems to me Doc Rivers and – Obviously, to a lesser extent, and then the dominant story, John Morant, have have kind of filled that vacuum until we get games again. But I don't even know is the are the games going to be strong enough to push aside the uh, desire to fire off more takes about John Morant? Well, the first
2: question I would ask you is, do you think that we could get a suspension ruling this week? Because I can I can make a case for it could be a Friday news dump this week.
3: Mm, interesting. Well,
2: because if you think about it, the one thing that I do think that I do not think they want to go into the NBA finals when, with Adam Silver having to answer
3: questions about John ja Morant with no, with no, you know, resolution. Correct. Yeah, that's fair. And now I will say, and this sets up, it's tell the truth Tuesday. It's also NBA draft lottery Tuesday in the NBA. We'll get We get the NBA draft lottery night. Now, It doesn't matter for the Grizzlies from the sense of, like, we know what the Grizzlies are going to pick 25th if they pick in the first round this year. Um, They're good. Good teams, the lottery doesn't matter. Correct. Um, However, this night does matter for the Grizzlies in this sense. The commish usually talks on NBA draft lottery night. Usually doesn't it? Usually does one of those interviews up on the desk? ESPN puts there in Secaucus. Don't they usually do it in Secaucus? Mm. Or have they change that now? I remember the, when the year they got Joe was in Chicago. Oh, you're right because they do it in conjunction with the draft, the combine. Because right now, yeah,
2: they, NBA Today has Malika Woj, Richard Jefferson, and Zach Lowe, and it looks to me to be the same setup as that. Is that draft? Feels lottery. like the
3: commission is going to do. A, do some sort of interview with Malika or Lisa Salters or someone you know someone like that tonight. Usually he talks on draft lottery night. What an exciting night it is, you know. Like, yeah, but the the bigger question though is is it going to be a softball
2: interview or is it
3: going to be? Hey, it's the biggest story. I, listen, ESPN has its faults. It is a content provider, and it, I know it, they're a league partner. Here's I would, be, I would be surprised if there's not... I'm not saying it's going to be the toughest John Morant question out there. But I think, I think if the commish talks, he will be asked about John Morant. And I think he knows that. Okay, so if on one end of the spectrum
2: we have Greeny interviewing the commish, Roger Goodell, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the left Greeny side. Greeny wouldn't even ask about a... Greeny wouldn't sidestep uh, that. All of Green, In fairness to Greeny, all of Greeny's... When he's with Goodell... Mm-hmm. all the questions feel pre-approved. Okay. And I'm not saying that's a Greenberg thing. Like, they put Greenberg up there because he's interviewed him multiple times, mm-hmm. and Greenberg seems to know, well, this guy's a boring interview. Greenberg can seem to get the most out of him. If that's one end of the spectrum, and then the other end of the spectrum is Jim Roman is prime interviewing anyone – I don't, I, don't think, I don't think we're going to get that. I
3: don't think we're going to get that. Where do you think it falls on the spectrum? I think I'm it asking. probably falls closer to the Greenberg model. Do you ever model. get mad when people call you Chris? <laughs> I think it'll fall more towards but. the Green the Greenberg side. But, like, I think he usually t- – so maybe tonight will be an important night. It's a perfect way to set up Tell the Truth Tuesday because I have a truth involving Adam Silver I just that I want to get off my chest. Oh, God,
2: Old school Rome was just the best. <laughs> like – Late 90s, early 2000s, Rome. Ugh. I don't know about the best, but it was, it was definitely
3: better than this version. It, the, was, the no, it was great version. radio. The bro, you know, the old bro. Pugs. He's like old bro now, yeah. right? When you, yeah. He's the old bro. Um, but uh, we'll get into. Uh, Santa Barbara, bro. We'll get into some truths about the uh, Grizzlies, John Morant, and the NBA here in a minute. 240 or so, Tim Murray will join us from Vison like he does every Tuesday. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on everything going on. Uh, in the NBA world, uh, how he's betting these conference finals, how you should bet these conference finals. It'll be an interesting conversation. 3 o'clock or so, we will get into the list. We've got an update from Amelia Island, a non-update update. I, I'm so ready to be back in May, content. And to me, from yeah, the ACC meetings, the Magnificent Seven. Yes. Um, we, we got an update from Amelia Island. Um, we also uh, will talk a little NBA draft lottery and the minor league baseball team that I used to work for one summer as an intern has, uh, you know, one of my new favorite minor league no, baseball I'm, promotions. We're going to disagree on this, and we'll talk about it. On the list. I like it. It's it's the thought that no, counts. It's not. It's not well executed. No. Okay. We'll we'll discuss chickeness. We'll discuss in the list, and then we'll get you ready uh, for Lakers uh, Nuggets before we get out of here. But let, let's start with this first truth, okay, about this John Morant thing. Um, because I bring up the Will Adam Silver talk about it tonight. Will he talk tonight? I, I think generally he does talk on draft lat- lottery night, or he has in some form or fashion. That sounds right. Um, and so, but I think, you know, it's, it's interesting because the conversation obviously has gone all sorts of directions on the John Moran thing. And I don't think there's, you know, like y- you can, you can talk about it in terms of it being a gun thing. You can talk about it in terms of being a second, a second amendment thing. You can talk about it as a you know a race thing, you know. Like I think, and I think all those angles are compelling and interesting and not wrong. But when you really distill this down, like this is my truth. Ultimately, this is like this is between Adam Silver and John Morant now because it's ultimately going to be John, Adam Silver's call. What happens here? Whether you know, like whether you think it's this thing or that thing or the, another thing. Ultimately, how like that's how this discipline process works in the NBA. Is Adam Silver has the discretion to dole out a suspension, however he sees fit, for the protection of the brand, given the CBA. And you know what's really to me important is the two characters I'm most interested in in all of this. The two things I'm most interested in are Adam Silver and John Morant. And I guess you could say, to a lesser extent, Tamika Tremaglio, the In NBA,
2: PA, NBA executive, PA executive
3: If she decides the NBA PA is going to get involved. But still then, it still ultimately goes back. You can appeal what Adam Silver says, but much like the NFL, I believe like Adam Silver then hears the appeal. <laughs> and it's still his call. Um, and so... I just am really interested in how, like, to me, what really matters in all of this is how Adam Silver feels about how this has all played out. Not whether it's, you know, a gun control issue or a race issue. It's, okay, two months ago, I thought me and this guy, John Morant, had an understanding that he was going to change his behavior. And, obviously, something else has happened here. How angry is he? is he? Is he is he understanding? Is is he a guy who feels like you know he he doesn't necessarily feel betrayed or or angered by John Morant essentially you know doing exactly what he told him not to do again or you know is it something where he you know like ultimately he's understanding? I don't know the answer to that. It sounds like indications are that he's going to be he's like not happy about this at the very least that you went through this and like how does he view this from a political perspective how does he view this from a from a you know i guess like his standing you know within the league you know how does he you know how, how does the rank and file feel about this but ultimately it all comes back to him well you've like breeze past the, the number one consideration the that, that he's going to yes yeah the owners um but like i just feel like when we you know we can we can Talk about all this stuff from a social impact perspective. When it comes down to it, like, what's going to decide how this plays out is Adam Silver.
2: Yeah, so I guess let's start there. Do we know, does Adam Silver have, like, an NCAA penalty matrix?
3: I don't think so, no. Like, second time flashing a gun on social, does that... I mean, people have now put out there, like, all the different, you know, like, I think Sean Coleman over at uh, the Grizzly Bear Blues site... Um, and I think Chris Harrington's done it as well. Like looking up examples online of different suspensions that have happened over the years, the lengthy ones, if you will. Um, and history suggests that, like, this, if they were to give John Morant a like 50 game suspension, it would kind of be, it would pretty much be unprecedented given the nature, like, given that he didn't, has not committed a crime. I know there is history, but like giving him the type of suspension some of these pundits have have hypothesized about, or say they they're hearing from other front office executives. The reality is, for the NBA to do that, they'd be setting like a precedent, and maybe that's what they want to do. But that's that's it's Tell the Truth Tuesday. That would be that's the truth. Anything above twenty five games would, Frank. I, I said this yesterday, and it was more like a gut instinct. But if you base it on the history of past suspensions anything over 25 games would kind of, would, would seem overly harsh given what Ja has actually done here compared to what other people have done who have gotten suspensions of 25 or more games. Do you feel differently if it were to be clearly stated
2: in the meeting that Adam Silver had with Ja Morant after the Shotgun Willies incident, mm-hmm. if it was clearly stated, this cannot
3: happen again? Do you still hold the the same feeling? Yes, I still think. I mean, I think he's going to get a significant suspension because of that. But I don't. I I don't think. My gut. I, I said yesterday I thought it was going to be in the neighborhood of twenty games, and that feels like that feels like the sweet spot to me. I don't even know what the sweet yeah. spot is. Well, because... it's funny you bring that up about Silver because I found a quote, not from like the day. Not he, from the statement, not from a uh, – yeah. Not from the day they did the suspension or whatever, but it was a few days afterwards. He was in New York. It was after like a collective bargaining agreement session, negotiating session, and he talked to reporters. And he was asked about the Ja Morant punishment, the suspend, the eight-game suspension. And I found this quote, and I thought it was interesting in the context of now, of what's he going to do now, now that he's done it again, Ja But here's what here's Adam Silver. What I think we both understood is that what's going to be most important is what happens going forward and how successful he'll be in modifying his behavior. Again, I have every sense that he took the meeting with me and the discipline enormously seriously. Even putting aside anything that I did or within the power of the league, at least my sense is that it was one of those moments in his life where he realized things could have been so much worse putting aside again any punitive actions from the league. That when the mixture of alcohol and guns is so terrible that something truly horrific could have happened to him or someone else, and even still there's some person out there who could copy something he did. My sense was he felt the full gravity of that. But I think where we both ended was, good luck to you and the most important measure will be how you, again, choose to live your life going forward. Not to say I didn't believe and feel that everything he was saying to me was genuine, but the measure is going to be how he lives his life going forward. That that was Adam Silver on March 29th about the John Morant situation back then, the March incident. Yeah. So there's a couple that sounds of- like to me like a guy who's not gonna be he's not gonna be a thrill whatsoever that like you basically said something to his face and then did the exact opposite. Well,
2: there's a a couple of things in there that that kind of stand out to me. First. There's also an acknowledgment mm-hmm. that Joss standing in the game is playing an impact on this. There's the mm-hmm. the reality that he is a superstar. Therefore, mm-hmm. because he garners more attention, he will be treated differently. Yeah. Further, I, that to me somewhat spells out. Mm-hmm. Like you have to interpret it. You It is not clearly written, but one can easily interpret. We came to an understanding this wasn't going to happen again. Yep. And further, not only did it happen again, it happened six weeks later.
3: Yeah, eight, yeah, eight, two months later, whatever it was. Yeah, um, yeah, and so I guess the only pushback I would have on your on your truth mm-hmm.
2: is the third party, just other owners as
3: a as a, a shadow. You think collective? the players' association doesn't matter in this because ultimately they can appeal and whatever. But again, I think it still is going to come down to Adam Silver's. Call. In the end, Adam. Don't don't misconstrue it. Adam Silver works for them. Yeah. He works for the owners.
2: Yeah. Governors.
3: Whatever. No, you're right. It, it, the, the way you get Adam Silver to change his mind is not necessarily a players' association appeal. It's uh other owners in the league saying, Adam, we should lighten up on this or whatever. And I don't they're probably not going to do that. And so that kind of I guess that brings me to my truth.
2: Okay. My truth is. The muddying of the waters Mm -hmm. does no good. In the end, the reason that we are here is very simply because John Morant went on social media on March 4th, and he went on social media on Saturday and flashed a gun. Mm -hmm. And we can debate whether or not there's a double standard. We can debate cultural, societal issues and whatnot. The reality is, though, if he doesn't do that, we're not talking about this. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's been proven time and time again. Like, the most common example is the example that applies the most. When we found out that Ray Rice hit his fiancée in an elevator, everyone was like, that's a little uncomfortable. Two games. Yeah, I mean, we we weren't there. We didn't see it. As soon as the video came out, Mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And the reality is, like, yes, him going and – if he is just doing this behind the scenes, like it changes the fact when you see the video because it brings up an immediate
3: reaction, mm-hmm. and your immediate reaction is like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. No, and and the reality is the language of the CBA that you you're you're, you're intentionally play- vague. Yeah, like the, your players' association agreed to the vague, vague language that gives that gives Silver a lot of latitude here, and and you know. I think everyone is bracing for the, you know, like, I think everyone who everyone who has a sense of how these things, how the NBA operates, seems to think Ja is going to get a substantial punishment, a substantial suspension here. I'm thinking out loud, so I'm not yeah. putting you on the spot.
2: I'm thinking out loud. Is there a scenario where they announce a lengthy suspension, mm-hmm. but it's subject to... Essentially, like a parole process where nah. you get he's announced as it's a 50 game suspension, but you can revisit after 20 games for good behavior.
3: Eh, I don't know. I feel like it'll, it, it'll, I feel like it's going to be just, you're just going to get what the suspension is. I don't think he's getting 50 games. I really don't. I think when you really look down, look like he might get double, like I think double what he had, like had the first time seems to make sense. Again, and like maybe add on a few. I'm with you. If you want, yeah. No, no, no. I, it,
2: it would seem extreme. I'm I'm thinking out loud in the sense of, I can see where. I can see where the old closed door meetings are. We got to make a statement, mm-hmm. and then maybe cooler heads prevail. Like, all right, is there a way to make a statement and then offer like some grace to where it makes the owners look like heroes and or silver. What would Goodell do
3: in this situation? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, that's the the problem, is the other problem Ja has for himself, right, in this situation is like you go, what would so and so do? Has anyone how many players in the NFL, like or any sports, like Antonio Brown was kind of like maybe he was did something dumber than this? You know, ultimately, I mean, the one that came to mind, and it's so different, but it's like
2: Josh Gordon clearly got punished for weed because of a, a repeat pattern. Yeah,
3: but that was again, that was like substance abuse, and I think to your point, it was testing positive, which is yeah, it's clearly stated in yeah. the CBA. You do like this. it's hard to say like what would someone do because like I think like what Jaw is, what Ja has done, we just. One, it's like a different, you know. Well, it's a very new age. Era. Yeah, yes. new, relatively new era with, like, you know, live video and just like this, the culture of, like, you know, it's really in the last, what, six, seven years where video on social media became, like, a really, you know, beyond YouTube. You know, like, I mean, I guess there was Vine before. Rest in peace. I don't know. How long has Instagram been around and had video? That's basically when it started. Maybe 10 years. Maybe. I think the gram came into play. Like, Ja around- probably the. The youngest, or excuse me, oldest age group that like grew up with like this type of stuff the entire time. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. You know, like, um, and so yeah, you're right. It's like a new transgression, if you will, in the in the the sports disciplinary process. Serious question though, could that work against him because?
2: If we're having this conversation
3: now, he feels like he's set a precedent. You and I
2: are having this conversation. We're idiots. Mm -hmm. So if there's smart people in a room, (laughs) are they having a
3: conversation of like, "Hey, if we don't stop it now," Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. I think feel like Adam Silver is like because of how he how he interprets what the owners want, what he ultimately feels about how that first meeting with Ja went, and like how betrayed he feels because of you know, based off or like how embarrassed or how Week. I don't know. I don't know how Adam Silver is in, is kind of digesting the fact that literally, what, 10 weeks after, or nine weeks after John Morant did the thing in the Denver area in shotgun willies where he filmed himself with a gun there. He did it again in a car this past week. Like, I don't know how. I mean, maybe he goes, Maybe maybe Silver sides with the, you know, Well, you know, he didn't do anything illegal and it's not, you know, it's not on NBA time necessarily. Maybe I I shouldn't be so harsh. I don't know. I don't know how he's gonna feel, but I think
2: I guess this is what another thing that has driven me insane.
3: This isn't a court of law. No. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's the court of Adam Silver and the NBA owners. And also it's a business. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna do he's gonna go what's best for business. And I think ultimately. If you look around at the conversation, and this goes back to the original point of like, when is this going to end? It feels like for the business, if he gives John Morant a light suspension, there is going to be pushback on it from various sectors of the NBA. Well, this is,
2: I'm actually looking at it from the other direction because this is the other thing that stood out this time. Mm -hmm. There's virtually no one. Publicly supporting John Morant right now, like you'll get the, you'll get exactly what we just discussed. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything legal, but then inevitably everyone's like, "But this was stupid." Yeah, and you know, fifteen to twenty games sounds about right. Mm-hmm. The thing though that I find is interesting. If he if they announce a severe punishment, one that you and I would sit there and go, that seems excessive. It seems to me right now that there's not going to be there's not going to be a ton of pushback other than us. <laughs> and I'm I'm saying us is in
3: Memphis. Yeah, and Grizzlies fans. No, I mean dude, they were talking about this on CNN. The Today Show, dude. Like it's <laughs> the Today <laughs> Show. <laughs> oh, Man. I mean, that's what I'm saying like it's like there there's no like you can you can game this out as much as you want. You can you can call it what you know what how you feel it in terms of well again race issue, gun issue, Second Amendment issue. I, I don't think you're wrong necessarily. Like it is, it falls under all those umbrellas. But like in the end, it's gonna be about what's best for the NBA brand. And doesn't it feel like what's best for the NBA brand? You know, is that they got to make kind of an example of John ja Moran here. I mean that's why I keep that's why I keep going back
2: to when everyone's like give me a number. I tend to agree with you when you game the, n- the numbers out. It's like I don't know sixteen and doubles up the last one, maybe tack on a few more twenty
3: something like that. Mm-hmm. That feels like give or take the number. Well, because what it does. Well, it's interesting if it's twenty games. Maybe it's sixteen because if you suspend them for more than sixteen, you're, you're with the new rules can't even make All NBA. You have to play sixty-five what games. If, what if? What if that's baked into the punishment? Yeah, that would be really harsh. But maybe that's making you know it could be making an example of him. Hey, you didn't make it last time
2: because of the, well, you believe that you didn't make it, you didn't make All NBA last time because of the incident. Well, we'll 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 clarify it. Yeah, and I mean the reality is,
3: this is a year where not making it is not as significant. Yeah, he's already got the new deal. It doesn't you know but but like ultimately you know it'll be interesting with the new rules but like people look back on the all nba teams as like a you know like it's like no, they're for the encyclopedia they're, they're for the encyclopedias they're part of your resume for forever for, exactly for like all status in the game and it's part of the history of the game like yeah, when you no, look back on a season you go okay these were the all nba guys of this season um it's like a for historical purposes too um so it's going to be you know it's going to be interesting like i said i'll be Fascinated to see if we get a we get a silver comment tonight from the NBA draft lottery. I don't know. I think we get a vague. It's under review. Yeah, he, like something along the lines of certainly we don't condone like whatever blah, blah blah, and we're we're taking we're investigating it or something like. It's that. It's going to be a classic Barry
2: Sanders in the hole.
3: He's gonna yeah. he's gonna put the left foot down and change directions. <laughs> Just give you yeah. He's, he's gonna give you yeah. yeah give a, little, you, a little wiggle. He'll give you enough. Yeah. He'll give you enough, but yeah. not much. Um. All right. There's another grizzly story today that broke in the last hour. This, this or two. is
2: more our speed. When you when you mentioned this is a possible topic, this is when I I lit up.
3: All right. Well, we got the official announcement from the Grizzlies earlier today. Desmond Bain underwent successful surgery on his, I'm going to make sure I describe this bone correctly. Um, He underwent a successful procedure to address a fracture of the medial sesamoid bone in his right big toe. Bain initially suffered the injury during the Grizzlies game on November 11th and missed the following 17 games. He is expected to make a full recovery ahead of the 23-24 season and further updates will be provided as appropriate. So this was, we had, there had been he had mentioned this when he first came back that he is probably gonna have to get his toe surgically repaired once the season was over at the exit interviews they said they're basically gonna evaluate it over the next couple weeks and obviously the evaluation came back that he should get surgery and he did um but so here's my tell the truth Jeffrey Desmond Bain's toe is now officially the most important body part in Memphis sports not to okay. say like, like look they say he's going to be back for the start of the season. Great. All yeah. right. And I and I feel uh, a, and cla- a clarification.
2: I need a clarification. Okay. Because again, this is the type of takes that people come to us yes. for. Yes. This yeah. is our sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Does a brain count? Are we talking extremities?
3: It's a, it's a brain counts as a body part, right? I think so. It's more of an organ. Yeah. You can go with head. You want to go with head? They can go with head, but then then
2: that gets into like, are we talking about the skull? Are we talking about because all right, let's list you the can go with
3: skull. Skull could be a body. Part.
2: Well, no, that's not that doesn't that doesn't fit what I need. Okay, John Morant's brain. Okay, is is one. Okay, do you think that's the most important body? Well, no, if no, no we're I, I'm throwing body body out part. the candidates. Okay, I think John Morant's brain's one. Okay, on a lesser degree, Brandon Clark's Achilles. Okay, yeah, that's true. Steven Adams' knee.
3: Mm-hmm. God, there's a lot of these. Kennards' shoulder. I guess we can Although include that.
2: I, I think we we're all in agreement. We're less concerned about... Kennards felt like... Canard's felt Bad like, timing, but it's like, you're not really all that concerned that that doesn't Kinnards heal. Kennards felt
3: like if they had advanced, he would have played in the next series at some point.
2: Correct. And you're fairly confident that's the type of injury that someone comes back from. Yeah. And again, I don't want to completely desensitize athlete injuries, but like... Was, I think it was... His-
3: of sprained shoulder.
2: The only question, are we going to find out that he's going to have to have like labrum surgery? That's the only concern. Uh, I don't think that it I was. Happened. It just didn't seem that bad. He took a shot from a 285 pound behemoth. LeBron, biggest play of the series.
3: <laughs> the um, layup,
2: the layup just sent it into overtime.
3: Yeah. Um, am I missing any? Cause no, I think that's it. Right? Cause Jaren, Jaren's healthy. Jaren came out healthy. Um, Dias can't seem to come out healthy. Uh, I don't.
2: Santi's elbow felt like no, he's it, fine. Yeah. yeah, he's
3: fine. Um, yeah. No, so I think those those are the major ones. Certainly, I mean, Jaw's hand. Yeah, I'm. I think I think brain is more important. Okay. At this point. So, are we in agreement? <laughs> if we're talking. If your if brain t- counts as a body part, I okay. can see the I can see if, a very strong argument for why John Morant's brain is the most important body part of the offseason. But if your truth is Desmond Bain's toe is the most important extremity
2: <laughs> in the Grizzly in Sports. In, in Memphis,
3: Memphis sports. sports <clears throat> is all right. you, What are just so, okay, gonna be tough if John Morant's out at the beginning of the year and Desmond Bain is out at the beginning of the year. All right. Seth's arm. Okay. Is that? I guess it counts. Yeah, or his legs, if you will, because he can't play quarterback. What's his the time legs. frame? What do you mean time frame? So you're saying it's it's the most important.
2: I just body said part. Just
3: right now, like you know, like at the moment.
2: I, I no, I think I, I, I think
3: it's Jaws brain or Des yeah, those, toe.
2: And I think right now we have to say it's if it's, it's extremity, Ja's. it's Des. Yeah. If it's
3: the the entire anatomy of the body, I think it's Jaws brain. So. How do you, I'm curious how you feel about this Desmond Bain thing because, like, it, it's interesting the the Grizzlies' medical like stuff. A lot of people always kind of think it's murky. They they they, they keep much things like in, the CBA when the power in Adam Silver intentionally vague. Yeah, it's like they, they keep things intentionally murky. I understand why they do it. You know, sometimes, um, but they've got you know. It's like they had. I thought the Jaren thing. You know, he came back earlier than we expected this year. From the remember from the foot thing? I know he wasn't ready at the beginning of the season, but it felt like all in all, like things progressed pretty on schedule or maybe even a little ahead of schedule.
2: If that. I recall when we were in the off season, we were looking at the schedule. We were, we were thinking like, like fifteen to twenty games. We were games. like, oh
3: man, I just hope he's back by Christmas. Yeah. You know, and he was back like a month earlier. He was than back that. by Thanksgiving. Yeah. And but then obviously the Steven Adams thing, that was three to five weeks that turned into we're on now month six. We haven't seen him play a basketball game. Correct. Or whatever. I don't know. Whenever since January, we haven't seen him I mean, play a basketball we're, we're game. We're on month five. Yeah. Um. And so that obviously didn't go well. And then now you got the Des thing. Like, do you trust it? You feel like you know you feel good about. Uh, you know, nothing's gonna go well, have gone wrong in this surgery. And then the the Brandon Clark thing. You know, they're they're sort of intimating, hey, things are going pretty well so far. He's he's progressing quicker then he's progressing a little ahead of schedule with the early parts of his of his uh rehab and and there was intimation that, you know, maybe we could see something along the lines of a Danny Green timeline with him. You know, like maybe around the all-star break after they didn't say this, but like I I'm reading between the lines of what Zach Kleiman said. Hey, maybe we can get him back, you know, for the stretch run of the season next year. Yeah, I think though at this point, are you just anything before the playoffs feels like a win. Well, I just think, I don't know, do you want to use a guy? Like, I think you want to have – want to see him- the playoffs this year? I know, but, like, I don't think he's going to be an effective player if he's coming back from Achilles right before the playoffs. Like, I think you want him to be- – if you want him to be a rotation I, guy for you I in the playoffs – what you're saying. You're going to need him to play. If f- you tell
2: me he's good to go April 1, I'm not that concerned that, oh, you know, instead of getting two weeks of run, like, I – I want that option for the front
3: court. Gotcha. But that's a long ways off. But like do you feel good about uh you know injury prognosis? They say they say Stephen Adam. like the Stephen Adam one is going to be interesting cuz they're not it doesn't appear from what they've said like they didn't rule out surgery but it doesn't seem like initially here this off season they're going to pursue any sorts of any sort of surgical procedure. They're going to continue to wait it out I guess or whatever, rehab it out. Um I don't know. P- PCLs are just weird. Yeah. I mean, I would assume at the, you know, he, if he's not ready for training camp, something's horribly wrong there, right? If he's not ready for training camp, to me, like, that means the
2: question you should ask is, should he have had surgery back in January? Yeah. Um, you can already, yeah. But you left out the most important aspect of Desmond Bain's surgery today. Oh, what's that? Mark, he underwent successful surgery. Oh, <laughs> successful. It was a successful surgery. I love that. Procedure. We we
3: deep. Bang. Already know. Yep. Already know. Toe's good. Toe's good to go. I suspect he'll be fine. I bet you he'll be back. This was It's a-, a toe. It's a it's a toe. Mark, don't forget that I was I wanted doctors in here to determine whether or not amputating would have been a
2: was a <laughs> legitimate
3: <laughs> option. Oh man. Um Yeah. Well, Hopefully it'll be because it. they're going to need them. They're going to need it. They're going to need to lean on them. If Jaw's out first twenty games, like I know people are talking about, do we bring back ties? Do we not bring back ties? You know what the best remedy to know John Morant's going to end up being a lot like, more Desmond, a Bain. lot more Desmond Bain. I don't think it's going to make you like the best team in the league or anything, but that's how you're going to get by it the best. Yes, I completely agree. With like that. you're going to play Desmond Bain as and your point down the stretch of I games. Don't,
2: they hadn't clearly stated this, but if you read between the tea leaves all year. It seemed like this was where it was headed. It was, yeah. Des knew offseason. He's, he's gonna finish it, right? He's then, gonna. He's. It's a pain tolerance thing, and he was gonna finish the year,
3: and then he's probably gonna yeah. need surgery. And I bet you he's like what two months? Then you're back on the court. Toe surgery. Let's see. What, what's it called? Sesamoid. I don't. Now it sounds like you're making muffins.
2: Sesamoid bone. I think. I think I ate that last night. Sesame chicken. Um. Sesamoid surgery. Memphis Grizzlies wing Desmond Bain underwent a successful procedure to address a fracture of the ah. medical sesamoid
3: bone in his big right in his right big toe. Most patients can begin moving their big toe two to three weeks after surgery, but the sh- the toe should remain taped to avoid deformity. Um, should he have done this in November? Ah, uh, I don't know. Why he played at a pretty high level, and if he's back for the regular, you know, like you, I, he played at a pretty high level.
2: He did not play at the level that he started the season at. Now, were those injury related or not? I
3: don't know. So, see, I wonder if he, apparently there's two, there's a couple different procedures. You oh can get boy. your sesamoid bone removed. I don't sense he so got... amputation was on the table
2: <laughs> for everyone that calls me an idiot.
3: Yeah, you could uh... Stinking
2: outside the box.
3: Okay, it looks like three months. 3 months is when you're back at full strength. So that would put, you know, okay. Like puts him back right in time for training camp. You know, <laughs> get a few weeks ahead of training camp. So that's
2: All right, good. Let's turn our attention to the NBA playoffs that actually start tonight. We've got conference finals beginning. We'll talk a little college sports with Tim Murray of Vison next, right here on Genaro with Jeffrey 92 9 FM ESPN.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: You have 47 new voicemails.
2: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Looking for runs in the Rockies? I'm Joe Ostrowski here to help you beat the books with BetQL. The total for today's game between the Reds and Rocks at Coors Field is an eye-popping 12. And the BetQL model is still going over. BetQL has over 12 as a five-star
3: best bet. They have this number a full run higher at 13. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today.
2: at the united states postal service we're reinventing our network to help keep your business moving with new shipping options to deliver better value greater flexibility to conveniently reach your customers more confident shipping with new informed delivery features and new electric vehicles for a cleaner brighter future fast reliable perfectly orchestrated. The United States Postal Service.
1: Delivering for America.
2: Learn more at usps.com.
1: Gabe Kuhn here for Old Dominic. Are you a whiskey lover on the hunt for the perfect sip during the NBA playoffs? Look no further than Old Dominic Tennessee Whiskey, made right here in the heart of downtown Memphis. And might we add the first whiskey to be distilled, barreled and aged and bottled in Memphis since Prohibition. Old Dominic's newly released Tennessee Whiskey is now available in Memphis, Arkansas and Mississippi. Look for their new Tennessee Whiskey and all their great products at your favorite retailers or ask for it by name at your favorite locally owned restaurant. But why stop there? Head on downtown and witness firsthand their state-of-the-art distillery and learn what makes Old Dominic so special. Whether you're stopping in for a refreshing drink while exploring Memphis, joining them for a tour and tasting, or finishing up a night out in style, Old Dominic has something for everyone's taste in an elevated yet relaxed atmosphere, perfect for hosting that special event or even a wedding. But there's more. Old Dominic is the official spirit of the Memphis Grizzlies. Look for their new Tennessee whiskey and all their great products this playoff season inside FedEx Forum at their two bar locations where they're serving up craft cocktails. Old Dominic Distillery, come say hi.
3: Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. May is National Bike Month, so use your bike instead of your car or for a little bit of exercise. When we
2: each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one thing?
3: This
1: afternoon, possible thunderstorms high of 85.
2: Weather
0: brought to you by Maytag.
2: It's May is Maytag month, which means it's the perfect time to upgrade to the performance you need with big savings on all Maytag appliances. Now through May 31st during May is Maytag month.
1: I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I learned about atrial fibrillation the hard way. My symptoms would come and go, shortness of breath, fatigue. I kept going. Then I got so lightheaded, I couldn't. My doctor said I have AFib, so I'm about five times more likely to have a stroke. Other symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, can come and go. But the risk of stroke stays. If you have symptoms, tell a doctor. Visit NotimeToWait.com sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. You've got
0: a leaky flat or metal roof on your commercial building and they're saying you need a new roof? No, no, no. Just call Joe. Joe Stallmaker. That is 901 Waterproofing and Roof Coatings. They can restore your existing roof with a quality coating system and can save you up to 70%. The roof coating systems extend the life of your roof and come with a 5-15 to year leak-free warranty so you get the benefits of a new roof without the huge expense. So call Joe Stallmaker today. 901-287-1923 or visit 901waterproofing.com.
1: Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use my promo code MARTIN, M-A-R-T-I-N, to score up to $250 with your first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MARTIN. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Tennessee app in the App Store. Enter the promo code MARTIN and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Are you a male over the age of 30 and feeling tired or not like your usual self? Are you underperforming in the bedroom, at the gym, or at work? You might have low testosterone or ED. Dr. Johnson, a board-certified physician at the Memphis Men's Clinic, performs comprehensive evaluations to treat the real underlying issue. Whether you're 30 or 90 years old, let the Memphis Men's Clinic get you back to your normal the Memphis way. Call 901-443-0475 or visit MemphisMensClinic.com. The Memphis Men's Clinic. Treating patients the Memphis way.
1: Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. You
0: see
2: Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all legs of the parlay hit a one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion to receive up to $25 back in bonus bets if your parlay with four legs or more loses by just one leg. It's only at BetMGM, the best place to bet on baseball. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee-only, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Tim Murray is, of course, the host of v Sin Primetime, airing... Each and every weeknight from six until nine Eastern on Vsin. He's also the host of the college football and basketball betting podcast on Vsin. He's on Twitter at one Tim Murray. All right, Tim, let's start here. How fascinated are you by these ACC media media? Or no, I'm sorry, <laughs> ACC is it spring meetings at Amelia Island?
0: The Magnificent Seven? Is that what you're? Yeah, talking spring? about? Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: It's the spring meetings down at the Ritz Carlton in Amelia Island. Every year they go, they head down there, you know, to really, really lock themselves in a conference room and really hash out. Sounds like hammering out some big details. Yeah, yeah. But what do you make of the Magnificent Seven, Tim? Are you do you feel like this is is it a a voting block? What is this? Yeah, is it going to work?
0: Uh, I mean, they have a contract through twenty thirty six. That that seems to be uh, if I'm. If I'm ESPN, I'm like it seems to be a you problem there. You signed this contract, and uh, I know I think I saw one person out there say that Florida State is refusing to believe that UCF might make more money with. Uh, uh, in it,
2: fairness, it was the athletic director said the scenario of you. Oh, UC- that's what it was. If yeah. UCF makes has more money than us, that's untenable. Basically, he was he was calling it unacceptable. <laughs> which I told Mark that's the one thing.
3: One thing you can't forget about in these college sports, like, you no, know, he these, said he said it would just not be not it's just not acceptable to us that UCF could have a better media deal. One just thing not you acceptable. gotta
2: always remember: these schools that believe that they're better than these other schools, eventually it, it plays out the same way every single time. They say they're fine, they say they're fine, and they find out that person's getting this much. What? It's 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 like us, you know. You find out someone in the business makes you know six times what you do, and you go,
0: what? That's not fair. Pat McAfee is getting how much money from ESPN? Is he leaving money on the table? Apparently. Apparently he's got a $120 million deal from FanDuel. I didn't realize that. Uh but yeah, apparently he might be leaving some money on the table to go to the uh
2: I'm wondering if that 120 letter. is like an NFL contract where it's announced as 120 but you never make 120.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. That was uh, Yeah, that was some interesting news. Not surprising, but uh sounds like Mr. McAfee headed to the uh Full time to the four letter because he already does the college game day stuff. So he's still involved a little bit. He does those. Didn't he do the like the Manning cast type of thing for the national championship too yes. with his whole crew? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, the ACC deal is, is as I think majority of people know is not a good one for the ACC. It's, it's a great one for ESPN. Uh, they, they signed them and media rights continue to go up and up and up. Um and I and it I don't know all the specifics you guys might know a little bit better than I do, but they really can't get out of this thing, right? Like Notre Dame can kind of get out of it, uh, because they could just I think the way that it's structured is unless they come to some sort of agreement, like they're kind of screwed with if they were let's let's say Florida State was like, I'm out, I'm going to the SEC. I think they have to like give all that money to the they forfeit every. They forfeit everything to the ACC, right? And they Isn't can't that... make
2: money on their home
0: games. <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not going to do that.
2: So the only thing, though, that's interesting to me, they're now
3: going with the Big Twelve Texas plan, and this is well, they're trying to hash it out. I don't think they're actually they're, the ACC is trying to figure out something to appease, especially Florida State and Clemson right now um in particular and so the thought is well maybe we could go to like if you guys feel like you deserve a bigger cut because your football programs generate the most you know are historically the most successful well what if we go to a merit-based revenue sharing system and yeah it might like the problem with that is is like it's going to foster all sorts of animosity for what like an extra five or ten million dollars here and there for Clemson and Florida State, it's not really going to make them happy, and it's just going to upset everything else. Um, I think they're, the ACC is just trying to figure out something. like How can we keep these guys, you know, at bay I think it, a little bit in terms of like, yeah, they might not leave, but you also don't want like you don't want a Florida State aide, you know, a Florida State who's just constantly bashing their own league publicly.
2: It seems to me, Tim, that it becomes a question of. Are, can they get enough? Can they get enough members to vote to dissolve the conference? That's their only because every legal analyst that I've seen says that. Listen, ESPN doesn't usually write bad contracts. Everyone that's seen it is like they're locked in. So their only options are either figuring out a different way to dist- like to distribute the money or to vote to dissolve the conference. But I mean, if you're if you're Pitt, if you're BC. I mean, I, I I just don't know how you're going to vote to dissolve the conference because while yeah you're not making Big Ten or SEC money, like do those schools really want to go to the open market right now?
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. Um, you know, the I'm curious how this would all play out, right? Like Clemson, Florida State, Miami makes some sense to go to the SEC if they were available. Um, UNC, I think, would be a Big Ten target uh, because of their academics and their brand and their basketball. Um, I think Duke might be a, a target, too, for the Big Ten. If but I they're I the not best. a member of the Magnificent Seven. I know. Duke Duke not being part of the Magnificent Seven was a little surprising. <laughs> By the way, all right, of the of the seven, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech... Which one of those doesn't belong? It's NC State and VaTech, right? I think NC State for sure. I think NC State's the, like So really? I think NC State, really? I, I think, think
2: those schools I I think this is a little bit of a tell though. I think as Marcus pointed out when he covered Virginia Tech and UVA, like you're not getting UVA without Virginia Tech.
3: And politics politicians won't allow.
1: It.
2: I I can say from a Conference executive perspective, the two bells of the ball are UVA and North Carolina because they're two schools – you can laugh at their their football brands and whatnot. They're the two schools that both the Big Ten and the SEC want. And I'm wondering if those other schools are included because, hey, if you're going to want North Carolina, legislators in North Carolina are going to say you're taking NC State too. Mm-hmm. And if you're in Virginia, you're taking Vitec. I So – I'm wondering if that's their power.
0: Yeah, that, that makes some sense. I mean, Clemson, Clemson's interesting to me um, because they've they've obviously been a massive brand for college football for going on what a decade, decade and a half, decade, decade solidly. But you know, long term, the sustainability of a, a private school in South Carolina, um, you know, that, it's that's it's public,
2: it's public. It just has a Is weird it public? name. Yeah, I it's it was, it's it's their
0: land concerned. grant. Okay.
2: It's Auburn um, with a lake. Huh? <laughs>
0: um but yeah, I, I don't know how this all plays out because they're I mean it's twenty twenty three and they're under contract for another thirteen years. So yeah, I, I'm sure they're they I'm sure they've been trying to figure out how to get out of all of this for for a number of years, especially when you look at the media rights deal that the Big Ten just signed and the SEC signed. Uh, especially with the SEC being a part of the same network that you're that you're a- affiliated with ESPN, and you just want more money, so yeah, I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten are probably licking their chops thinking about who they can ultimately get if this deal, you know, comes about. Um, you know, for and then you know the 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 curiosity that I have is, you know, I I'm a Notre Dame fan. And I've, I've said for a year or two now, I'm like, now that UCLA and USC are coming, I'm like, man, go get the bag. Like, you know, I don't care. Like, I, I think if you asked the majority of under 45-year-old Notre Dame fans, they don't give a crap about independence. They want to win. We, that's And if getting more money helps you win more, then you go do that. And the rivalries, especially if you go to the Big Ten – I think make more sense. So, you know, I, I'd be curious if Notre Dame's like, "Huh, all right, magnificent seven. I see what you're doing. Let's uh, let's let's sneak out of here before before this uh, all hits the fan."
3: Yeah. At the same time, the Big Ten has wanted Notre Dame for decades. Oh yeah, decades. As, oh, I,
0: I and, uh, and you don't think, and you know, I, I loved. I, I saw it's so funny when people get all mad, like, oh, the Big Ten's just gonna gonna tell those schools you can't schedule Notre Dame." I'm like, "Yeah, they're no, gonna, they're not. They're they're gonna tell them to not schedule the team that will make them the highest rated game of the week, uh, like they were Notre Dame Ohio State to start last year, and like it'll be September 23rd this year." You know, I, it, it with UCLA and USC coming in, look. Notre Dame wants the whole, you know, we were a, a national brand, all of that. And if you could keep the USC rivalry going and then re, you know, bring back in the Michigans and all that, I'm like, to me, and, and, oh, by the way, you you're just going to leave out world. that Michigan State Purdue, those Purdue series. I mean, those are historic rivals. They, they are. We have uh, the megaphone in the Michigan State game. Yeah. Um, and it's more money. That, that's the thing. And people like, people like Pete Sampson from The Athletic have written this because people out there believe that Notre Dame is just like raking in the dough from their media rights deal with NBC. It's actually a terrible media rights deal. They make like $25 million from NBC. It's the, the big, it's, it's
2: to me, it's exactly like the guy that works for himself and doesn't have a boss, and he makes enough money to be comfortable. You know, like, he, he does. Sure. Oh, so, look, that's what he's paying not, for. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Their
0: endowment is insane.
3: We're comfortable. Like, I'm not, We're
0: comfortable. No, one, no, no one's crying for, for Notre Dame, be like, oh, we don't have any money. But everyone wants more money. And to me, I'm like, the Big Ten, who just signed, what, a $1.5 billion deal, which I think the reporting was, if Notre Dame joined, they could go back to the table and get more money. Yes, So it's like at some point it's going to happen. I I really do believe because we're we're going to the at the end of the day we're we're going to super conferences. Like it's it seems kind of inevitable. How many though?
3: Two. So what does that middle class look like? What is
0: twelve? Big twelve?
3: Don't you think? Like I think the key the key fulcrum here is like I don't see the Pac twelve ever being like the third conference, if you will. But doesn't the Big 12, if they add, like, the the 4 quarter Pac-12 schools. schools, that feels like, again, it would still probably be a, a decent gap between two and three, but that feels like it would be the definitive third conference in my mind.
0: It, it, it really feels like we're going Big 10 and Pack uh, SEC are the two monsters, and they're probably going to have, what,
3: 20 schools total? Yeah, uh, and then if the ACC stays together, I mean, it's still – you know, as long as this current version of the ACC is together, like it is, it's not, again, it's not, it can't compete with the two, uh, the SEC and Big Ten, but their rights deal won't be that different than the Big 12's rights
2: deal. Tim, let me ask you, what's the scuttlebutt out west of why a Pac 12 deal hasn't been done yet? Because it feels like we just keep moving the timeline, moving the timeline. On one hand, I think a big problem, like, I think the media perception against the Pac-12 is a little unfair because I think Klyavkov's not talking to media. And uh, Larry
0: Scott's gone, fortunately, so that was a step in the right direction, number one.
2: It just feels like every doom and gloom uh, story that you read about the Pac-12 is coming from someone talking to someone at the Big 12 (laughs) who has a vested interest (laughs) in the Pac-12.
0: They're like, yeah, it's over. Give us Arizona. (laughs) But is Um, it really as dire— I don't think it is. I mean, look, you lose USC and UCLA. That's not ideal. I don't, I'm surprised we haven't gotten the official announcement of San Diego State going to the Pac 12. It's like, what are we waiting for? Like, they, they've got a new stadium. Uh, they're, they're in a market that they, they desperately need losing UCLA and USC. I don't know what we're waiting for with San Diego State going to the Pac 12. Like, how has this not happened? This is the biggest no brainer with all the other teams that have, defect defected and like i was doing some college football research recently and i'm like oh my god sam houston state and jacksonville state are d1 now like I, i'd surprise even yeah like oh yeah conference usa how about that um but like i don't understand how that's still like my curiosity is maybe they're just waiting for who that that 12th team will be uh if you're the pack 12, um you know, i almost it-
2: wonder if the simplest answer is is the right answer the California schools, the California schools that are in the Pac-12, they're not jazzed on the idea of adding STDSU.
0: Oh my god! But are you just gonna <laughs> are you just gonna leave the whole LA market untouched because you lost? But I mean, UCLA that, and USC. is San
3: Diego you, State, saying, State man, really dude, gonna draw in the LA dude, market? How, it's like, better than nothing. Two of my roommates were from San Diego. Might as well bring like, in Pepperdine too. San- well,
2: we don't. We're undefeated in football since like 1937. <laughs> um, San Diego and LA are not the same thing.
0: I get it, but it's like, well, remember when the Big Ten tried to, to sell us on Rutgers bringing the New, the New York, York, York City market? market? Yeah, New York, like New York College like, team. What? I'm like, do you guys know where New Brunswick is? It's not really that close to New York City, and no Piscata one... Piscataway? it's a train, yeah, train right away. away. What are you talking about? It's a train right away. San Diego's what? A 70-minute drive? That might as well oh, be driving
2: God, to Malibu. No. The, there's no... First off, Malibu. No in, way you're getting to San Diego off, in Malibu minutes. is in Los Angeles County. Yeah. If you need me to, if you need me to sell the
0: Pac-12, hey, Johnny Drama just was very upset on yes. the episode of Entourage that I was watching about going from Malibu back to LA for a uh, for an audition. Was, yeah, so. and he, he,
3: he like hits the guy's car with a with a golf, with oh, a golf club. Um, no, San Diego. Phillip, San, Phillip San Diego, figured it out. Philip Rivers figured it out. Yeah, he, he had his, the he had the sprinter the van. van. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. San Diego in the middle of the night is like an hour and a half, two hours in the middle of the night. Yes. Okay. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, it's uh, when I did it. I did the drive from San Diego to L.A. in like the middle of the day, yeah. non rush hour, and it took me like three to three and a half.
2: Yeah, I remember. I remember announcing that I was going to go see uh, Angels and Airwaves uh, on a Friday, and I told my friend from San Diego, I was "Like, what time's the show?" I was like seven. He goes you should have left three hours ago. (laughs) He's like, you're not going. (laughs) He was right. I did not go. I don't know.
3: The Pac-12 to me feels like the one that's in the – of the five that's clearly in the worst position. I don't care what the TV deal says. Would you? That's the question. Toss-up. Would you rather be the ACC or the Pac-12 right now? ACC. Yeah, ACC. Yeah. I don't think those teams are going to leave. Those teams are huffing and puffing, but they're not going to blow the house down.
0: And I wonder if ESPN at some point will kind of come to, yeah, an agreement <laughs> where they'll amend it. Well, to not anytime soon. Ca- well, I just say give we're them not a little extra cash to try to
3: shut them up, but they they can't leave. Well, not they, just that. What if ESPN goes to them? Like, what if they say they're? What if like this happens and they ultimately do disband the league? But what if ESPN says, if you disband the league, we're not bidding on your new league. Like, because you're breaking up our sweetheart deal with you, we're not going to be involved in the bidding for your new league. Now let's see what kind of deal you get with your new league. They're not going to say that because they're going to play nice because what they're going to try to
2: do is orchestrate as many of those teams to the SEC as they can.
3: (laughs) The ones that they want, they're just going to... That's what I'm saying, though. They're not going to give, like, the new deal, if you will, to a new... Like, it doesn't... It's ultimately not going to make sense for them to disband the league either. The only thing that makes sense for them is to get out of the grant grantor rights. And well, if they it makes
2: can't sense to disband the league if if enough schools can find a home.
0: How many teams do the Big Ten have once USC and US 16, like go, right? It'll be 16. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, and the SEC with 16. Oklahoma and Texas will be 16.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, I can do this for you. Who's you, next? Who's North- next? Who's so, next to dr- who who's next to go to one of?